Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. And you can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com. Or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us today and enjoy today's service.
for their country. Others have said, 
I don't even know what to pray. I don't even know how to pray it. So I'll, uh, I'm going to lead us in that in just a little bit. Uh, we do support Convoy of Hope. Monday morning, one of the first checks that we write goes to Convoy of Hope. And they have people on the ground in Poland and in Ukraine receiving all kind of humanitarian aid uh, from back here in our country, from those of us who support them. There are volunteers that are going into very dangerous places in unmarked vans to be able to get food and, and uh, medicine uh, to the people there in Ukraine, and we just need to continue to pray for them. I think uh, my, my wife's uh, nephew, she has a family member who uh, their family has been going to doing mission work in Ukraine for many, many years. We hear the stories of how wonderful people they are, and we want to pray that God will just strengthen the Christians that are there, bless them and protect them, that they might be able to get out the gospel message of the Lord Jesus Christ through this invasion that they've had to endure. But we want to pray for them back home. Now, our goal is to, as well, uh, if you have not gone to Convoy of Hope Facebook page, I think I have that up behind me, uh, you can go to that and see the progress of how Convoy of Hope is helping over there. This Easter, we want to give a very large check from Fellowship Church to Convoy of Hope to be able to continue that endeavor. And I'm going to show you a little short video of what's happening with Convoy and the people that are there in Ukraine and the interaction that's happening the warehouse that is being stocked with supplies to be able to support and help them. But right now, I want to pray for them. But, but before I do, if you have any connection at all with anyone in the country of Ukraine, would you raise your hand, please? Slip it up all over the house. Is there anybody in here? I know we have family members from there. We have people from there, bearers from there and others. And, and we've been talking to many of you also online. Let's pray for them. Father God, we love you. And right now, in the powerful name of Jesus, we pray that you would stop the invasion. You would shut it down and move them out. I pray, Father, you'd be with the older men and women of Ukraine. I pray that you would restore hope to them as they've been uprooted. Pray that you protect their children, those that are hiding in bomb shelters, those uh, that are having to evacuate their homes in their country. We pray, Father, that your will would be done. And I ask, Father, that please... You would allow every child of God that you have in that country to speak to their loved ones, their friends, and may people just tuck into you, Father, for salvation. And Father, we pray for a miraculous, incredible rescue. And we ask this over them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, God bless you. We love you. Thank you for helping me do that. Say hi to somebody as you're being seated this morning. church family, whether you're here in person or you're watching online, we'd love to expend a very special welcome to you. We're just excited uh, to be together. If you're watching online, feel free to write in the chat where you're watching from. You can also drop prayer requests there, and we will pray for those needs throughout the week. But we are just excited to be in God's house together, so good morning. Today, um, I just want to bring your attention to a few important things that we have um, going on. Uh, following the service, there's going to be a guest reception. So if you've signed up for that, you can stop at the info counter. We'll help direct you to that. Um, if you are visiting or you consider yourself new, just stop by the info counter or you can text um, the number 94000 and the word Fellowship Church and that'll connect you to a couple quick questions about yourself and connect you ultimately to one of our pastors so we can answer any questions you might have or pray with you in the future. But again, we're just thrilled uh, that you're with us whether that's in person or online. This morning, Pastor already talked about how our church is always involved in uh, the hurting of our world. That's why we support Convoy of Hope. The idea is that they are already everywhere in the world connecting with uh, churches, local groups of people that can be trusted with resources. And so wherever the tragedy strikes, right in that moment, they already have a network for supplying the needs. So in this case, of course, the big need over in the region of Ukraine, and when that's happening, they have local churches all around the region that can get those supplies directly to the people, no middleman, and so it's such a huge thing, and that's something that we have supported for a long time and will continue to support in the future. So as we prepare to take this morning's tithes and offerings, just want to remind you of how you can participate. The big way is through a text giving, and the directions of how to text give are right there on the side screen, the Church Center app, and um, you can also do so online, and if you like to write checks 
You can just drop those in the offering boxes. You can mail them. You can do whatever you need to do. All the options are right there. But I'd love to pray a prayer of blessing over you as you prepare to give. God, we love you and we trust you. We trust you with our resources. And we know that sometimes the reason we have abundance is because you're trusting us to give and, and to pour out resources into the lives of others. And we pray that you would find us faithful as we do that. We ask that you would meet the needs of every person in this room. Meet our financial needs, Lord. Meet our emotional needs. Meet our relational needs, our spiritual needs. Just come to our rescue in all areas and categories of our life. God, show yourself uh, to be who you say that you are, which is our rescuer. And we love you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, there is a ton of stuff going on around the church. I'd love you guys to take a look. Fellowship Church Young Adults Group is starting up this Tuesday the 5th. It's gonna be at 6.30 p.m. in the Two Rivers Room here at Fellowship Church. We are excited to jump into a free study where we're gonna be studying the life of Jesus and how we can possibly live our lives like he lived his life when he was here on earth. Man, it's gonna be a really good study. It's gonna be full of some large group teaching times, but we also have small groups that are going on. There's men's groups and ladies group. So if you are 19 to 29, jump on the Church Center app and sign up for the Young Adults group because it is something you do not want to miss. ShareFest 2022 is here. April 30th is going to be ShareFest weekend. What ShareFest is, is a way that we are able to demonstrate the love of Christ from Fellowship Church into our community. We collect needs from people that can't quite do things themselves, whether it's yard work or a swamp cooler or cleaning out an attic, a lot of different things are coming in. We're starting our volunteer signup. So if this is something that you wanna jump in on, it's an awesome opportunity. You can find that link on the events tab of the Church Center app. We'd love to see you there. Parents of middle school and high school students, 4640 camp seems like it's kind of far away. It's May 26th through the 29th but you do not want to miss it. And spots are filling up, so sign up now. I remember being a part last year of 4640 Camp and seeing hearts changed and seeing God meet these students right where they're at. Uh, I know the youth team has been hearing some amazing things from God, so there'll be five sessions of amazing worship, amazing teaching, and experience time with the Lord, as well as a whole lot of fun. So much fun. So, so parents, don't miss this opportunity to be able to sign up your middle school or high school student. As long as they're going into seventh grade, they're able to be able to come to this. It's $200 and you can sign up on the Church Center app. And again, God is doing amazing things in our youth group every single week. 4640 Camp is a way that you can come into a whole weekend where they get away and they have real and time to counter Jesus. So don't miss it. Sign up on the Church Center app. In just two short weeks, Easter is already here, April 17th. We love our Easter services here, they are awesome. We wanted to give you an opportunity to invite anybody you can with these little invite cards. Drop by the info center, grab these, invite friends, family, coworkers, anybody you'd like. We'd love to see you and celebrate God's resurrection here at Fellowship Church. The Fellowship Church Choir has been working so hard on a song called Same God, so please enjoy this video. I know. 
wow, that video, whew, so good. And our choir, our band, our vocalists, what an awesome job they do. Are they not awesome? Thank you for doing that. And, you know, I think a lot of times we, we thank them, but it, our tech department has come, wow, so far. You realize that before COVID, we weren't even broadcasting online. Uh, we had none of the capabilities that we have now. And COVID uh, kind of pu pushed a lot of us to get uh, technologically uh, where we should have been, you know, quicker than maybe we would have wanted to. Uh, but as a result of our amazing tech department, now we are videoing and broadcasting our services. Of course, you know this, many of you, and of course, those of you watching with us on YouTube as well as on uh, Facebook. And uh, so that message goes out now throughout the world that where before we were just doing it here in our auditorium. And we do those videos because we want to be able to share them. We want to be able to, uh, be able to send them to family members and, and also that that might, message might go out uh, across the world. Now, understand this. It, it takes over 200 hours of work just to pull off one of those videos, not to mention, you know, the time uh, that it takes to, to, to film the actual event of it happening. But uh, I just want to say thank you so much to our tech ministry, Jeremy Poland, Ryan Sanchez, Jeremy Kellogg, Jackson and Tamrick, uh, Richard, who runs the live sound here. We even had one of the uh, tech guys from Vineyard come over, Ebenezer, and help us out with that video. So guys, thank you so much. That is you'll never know how much we appreciate you. So thank you so, so much for what you do for all of us. It's really awesome. Yeah. So when we found out we were doing that song, I was like, I wanna preach that weekend because I love the message of that song. I wanna do a message about that song and to think about the fact that God is the same God. He is the same God that rescued all of those people that we sing about in that song, and he is there to rescue us. The same power that rescued them is the same power that we have at hand in our life. Isn't that incredible? That just, that blows me away. And it's not like God is like a, a, an athlete that's approaching the end of his career and, and he's lost a step, you know? It's not like God is, he's tired, boy. It's so been a long few centuries. I, I don't know. I don't know if I can rescue you guys the way I used to rescue people. Boy, I wish I could still rescue like I used to. No, God still has that power. And when we look through scripture and over the last couple of weeks and Pastor JL just did a couple of great messages on the, just the message of being rescued. And as we continue over the next few weeks, we're gonna continue to do that. But as we look at scripture and we look at these people in scripture, we see how God came through for them over and over and over again. And when we look at the beginning of the Bible, we look at Genesis, the first 11 chapters of Genesis are, are really just incredible reading. You think about the creation of the universe by this all-powerful God happens just in the first chapter. And then after the creation of the universe, we see humanity mess up, right? The, we sin, we fall, we, we, because of Adam and Eve's sin, now we have to deal with sin. We have to deal with this evil element on the earth. After that was next great, the next great event in history was Noah. And a lot of people go, well, gosh, Noah, that was just destruction and, and judgment. Yes, it was, but it was God rescuing his righteous remnant. God was rescuing Noah and his family, those that loved him, from the awful things that were happening in this world. I just got, was able to go with my wife and I, got to go and see the Ark Encounter in Kentucky. If you ever have an opportunity to do that, do that. They rebuilt the Ark to uh, the standards and to the measurements that it was built in, in the Bible. And they, it has a whole museum in there of how, how Noah lived and how long it took to build the ark and then how they actually lived with those animals for a year. And I'm not talking about his family. I'm actually talking about, you know, the animals and how they fed them and all that kind of thing. So, so incredibly interesting. And then there's a creation museum uh, near there too. So, so really cool. And then you see the Tower of Babel. And you might go, well, gosh, that, that was destruction too. You know, these people decided that they were so great that they were gonna become God, so they build this tower. And God really rescued them by separating them all and saying, you know what, this isn't good. You guys can't be God. You can't reach me. I'm gonna destroy this tower and I'm gonna spread you all out so that uh, you'll be different nations with different tongues. And so that happens in the first 11 chapters. But right after the first 11 chapters in Genesis begins the story of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. We sang about them a lot in that song. 
Abraham was the father of many nations. And you know from there, there was Isaac, and then from there was Jacob, and Jacob's name was changed to Israel. And he was the beginning of not only the people of Israel, but what would become the nation of Israel. And then there is his son, Joseph. Now, towards the end of, uh, uh, towards the end of, of that, those four generations, we see the story of Joseph, and we see Joseph is sold into slavery by his brothers, he is Jacob's favored son and his brothers and sisters or brothers in particular are very jealous of him. So they sell him into slavery into Egypt. Now we think that, you know, our kids might have some sibling rivalries. I mean, thank God. I mean, I know that my girls growing up, they did not get along very well, but Lindsay never sold Madeline into slavery. Okay, so, so he goes into slavery. Now you might also go in that story. Well, that's not, that's not God's providence. I mean, he's been, he's been telling people for years and through, through centuries, stay away from Egypt. Egypt's a bad place. Don't go there. Don't go back there. But why would he send Joseph there? Well, Joseph went there because God is paving the way to rescue Israel once again. In the land of Canaan, which is now Israel, was gonna be a famine, which is gonna be a, a time where, where people were not gonna be able to survive. So he just decided to take Joseph, send him to Egypt to pave the way for the rest of his family to be able to come and be rescued from this famine. And while Joseph is there, he in, in, encounters great favor. He goes as a slave and he ends up being a prince. He becomes the second most powerful man under Pharaoh in Egypt. And that's how he's able to bring his, his family to Egypt. Uh, and, and then they are saved and, and they are blessed. But as time goes on, that Pharaoh dies. Joseph dies. The favor over Israel dies. And the next Pharaoh comes in and he sees now Israel as a threat. He decides that, you know what, we need to, we need to keep these guys under our thumb. They're, they've grown to such multitude and uh, grown to such a powerful nation that I've got to be able to control them. So Pharaoh enslaves them, he enslaves them. And you might go, wow, why would God do that? Well, understand that when we are in, go through times of trials, when we go through times of tribulation, it's the times in which we grow the most. You think about how much of your life has been uh, in growth and usually that growth time goes through some of our biggest hardships. Scripture says in the New Testament, James chapter one, verse two, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at, all, uh, come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith is forced into an open, open and shows its true colors. I love the way the message puts it. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. So hundreds of years ago, or so hundreds of years of persecution and slavery have taken place with the children of Israel in Egypt. But then we see God make a move. He chooses a man named Moses to go to Pharaoh with his brother to, bleed, to uh, plead for the freedom of the Hebrews. Moses and Pharaoh go back and forth a few, a few times on this subject. Then remember the famous and most popular, really popular scripture that describes God turning Moses' staff into a serpent. But Pharaoh just makes it harder on the Hebrews. In fact, we read over and over again that God actually hardens Pharaoh's heart against them. Well, that doesn't make sense. Why would God harden Pharaoh's heart? I mean, if God wants to free, if he wants to rescue Israel, shouldn't he just make Pharaoh a softy? I mean, wouldn't that have been easier? I think as Christians, we've learned one thing, and that is that God does everything with a reason. There's a reason for everything. He doesn't just wake up in the morning and say, you know, today I'm, I'm gonna wing it. I'm just gonna make it up as I go. We then, in scripture, come to the next major event in history, and that's the plagues. We know that God brought the plagues to rescue Israel from slavery, but wouldn't it have been easier for God just to destroy the Egyptians? I mean, wouldn't it have been easier? He already destroyed the whole world with, uh, with the flood. He could have done the same thing with Egypt. He could have done it. But I believe that God's plan in using these plagues was threefold. Number one, I believe he wanted to show his children his power. Number two, he wanted to show that he loved them. And number three, he wanted to show Egypt that they had been worshiping the wrong gods. Now I can see God setting up in heaven. He creates the world. He wants to start a new nation of people. 
God chooses Abraham, he does miracles in his life, then he works through his son Isaac, and then he nurtures Jacob. But the whole time he keeps looking over at this country called Egypt and what they are doing and how they are developing and who they're worshiping. Now let's try to put ourselves into God's shoes. Let's say we have a child, we give them life, you give them love, you feed them, you care for them, you pour yourself into them, and then one day they start calling somebody else daddy. And everything you've given them, they say they received from someone else. How would you feel? Jealous, hurt, devastated? Now, I don't know about you, but I would want to show them who daddy really was. And I would want to prove to them who truly was God. And through that, hopefully they would turn around and worship who they were supposed to. I would want to show them that, that they were worship, who they were worshiping was only a creation from the one true God. Paul explains this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He says in verse 19, what I'm trying to say is I'm saying that the idols to whom the pagans bring sacrifices are real, uh, are real gods, and oh, sorry, sorry. Am I saying that the idols to whom the pagans bring sacrifices are real gods and that these sacrifices are, have some value? No, not at all. What I'm saying is that these sacrifices are offered to demons, not to God. And I don't want any of you to be partners with demons. You cannot drink from the cup of the Lord and from the cup of demons too. You cannot eat at the Lord's table and at the table of demons too. What? Do you dare to rouse the Lord's jealousy as Israel did? Do you think we are stronger than he is? So this worship, idol worship, continued on it in the New Testament. And so Paul's trying to say, you're not worshiping a God. You're worshiping something that God created, but what you're really doing is you're worshiping the demonic. God wants to show these people that what they're worshiping can't even compare to him. He wants to defeat every little G God. That's what I call demons that are worshiped as God is little G gods. You don't capitalize a demon, right? You don't, you don't capitalize those guys. They're little G gods, and those are the ones that Egypt was worshiping. So he does this. He starts off by turning the water into blood. Water is turned to blood in Exodus chapter seven, verse 17. This is what the Lord says. By this you will know that I am the Lord. With the staff that is in my hand, I will strike the water of the Nile and it will be changed into blood. The fish in the Nile will die and the river will stink. The Egyptians will not be able to drink its water. In Egypt, the Nile was everything still is. Egypt only receives about one inch of rain each year, so the Nile provides all their water for their crops and for their well-being. God defeats the Egyptian God, the God of the Nile, when he does this. It was worshiped. Also, he defeats the fish goddess. Can you believe they worshiped fish? Then we see the plague of frogs. Now, this is one when I would always watch and you'd watch it on the, remember the, the uh, Charlton Heston Ten Commandments? I always liked it when the frogs came. I always thought that was funny. And for a long time, I just thought, well, God's just got a great sense of humor, man. If he just wants to mess with the Egyptian, let's send some frogs. And we see this in Exodus chapter one, uh, chapter eight, one through four. And it says in verse three, the Nile will teem with frogs. They will come up into your palace and your bedroom and onto your bed, into the houses of your officials and on your people and into your ovens and kneading uh, troughs. The frogs will go on you and your people and all your officials. Well, frogs, come on. Egyptians didn't worship frogs, did they? Yeah, they did. They had a frog-headed princess. Can you imagine? I mean, if I was gonna worship a princess, I wouldn't make her look like a frog. And it was an offense for Egyptians to kill frogs because they were found sacred. Then we see the plague of lice. This, were, uh, this defeated the uh, Egyptian earth god, we see a plague of flies in Exodus 8, verse 21. And most likely these were flying beetles or scarabs which were found in Egyptian tombs that spoke of eternal life. And these bugs were sacred to the sun god. Figure the frogs needed something to eat too. So that's maybe why the Lord sent those. The plague of moraine was next. Exodus chapter nine. Uh, scripture says that it was gonna plague their livestock their horses, their donkeys, the camels, on their cattle, sheep, and goats. And Marin was this disease that affected livestock. The second largest temple that Egypt ever built was for the worship of a black bull. In fact, if you go to Egypt today, you can still visit the mummies of the bulls. 
uh, and this particular cow-headed goddess uh, was a goddess of love. Once again, love and, and, and things that are supposed to bring about all, all beauty, and they're sticking frogs and, and, and cow heads on them. It just blew, blew me, blows me away. And then we see the plague of boils. Man, of all the plagues, this one would have been rough. But it's interesting, you go, why in the world would God choose a plague of boils? Well, boils, of course, are upon the skin, and when you get them, they can leave scars. In the Egyptian religion, a priest only could be a priest and lead worship if their skin was perfect, if they were found without blemish. So when all the priests were blemished, the people could no longer worship. So God said, okay, if you're gonna worship these gods, you're gonna try, but you're not gonna be able to because your priests are gonna be too sick. They're not even gonna be able to lead you in worship. And we also see that he's showing now his dominion over the God of healing, Scripture says, now all of these gods have names, but I will not mention them out loud in this place of worship. This is only the worship of the one almighty God. So I'll mention them, but not by name. Now the plague of hail comes next. It demonstrates power over the Egyptian sky goddess. Then there's the plague of Otis, locusts, which once again, I guess, is more food for the frogs. Um, Then we see the plague of darkness. And that happens in Exodus chapter 10. And scripture says, stretch out your hand toward the sky so that darkness will spread over Egypt. Darkness that can be felt. Have you ever been been in a situation where it was so dark you could feel it? So Moses stretched out his hand toward the sky and total darkness covered all Egypt for three days. No one could see anyone else or leave his place for three days. They couldn't leave the house because they could not see where they were going. Yet all the Israelites had light in the places where they lived. In this God is defeating the Egyptian chief God who is the God of the sun. And then there's the death of the firstborn. So the Bible says, the, this is the Lord and what the Lord says about midnight, I will go through Egypt. Every firstborn son of Egypt will die from the firstborn son of Pharaoh who sits on the throne to the firstborn son of the slave girls who is at her handmill and all the firstborn of the cattle as well. According to the religion of Egypt, the firstborn belonged to God's the gods of Egypt. And God in this is saying, no, 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 they belong to me. They belong to me. And understand that every child that died in this particular plague that was under the age of accountability, God just called them to himself. If they would have grown up in Egypt, they wouldn't have had eternal life. But because they were in a state of the age of accountability, then they went to heaven too. So God just said, no, 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 they're not your gods, they're mine. So God steps in and defeats every Egyptian God that there is. He rescues the children of Israel out of Egypt. And you'll remember as as Moses leads them out of Egypt, and of course you have the Red Sea encounter and then the Egyptian army is destroyed through that. Then the Bible says in Exodus chapter 20 that the Lord spoke these words and he says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of their fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments." So how does this famous story relate to us? How does it apply to us? Well, number one, God is our rescuer. The scripture says in Exodus 20, God said, uh, I am the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in Egypt. And he is the same God to us and he, that he was to those he miraculously, miraculously rescued throughout scripture. Have you ever set back and thought about how many times God has rescued you? How many car accidents he's brought you through? There's a couple of car accidents that I went through that I was lucky to be alive. How many natural catastrophes the Lord has rescued you from? When I was seven years old, uh, our canyon behind our house, I grew up in Cortez, caught on fire. And this fire was completely out of control. They had no way to contain it. It should have burnt down the majority of our city, but God rescued us. It was miraculous because God changed the wind to where it was stopped blowing towards all of our homes and, and started blowing away so the firefighters could get in and, 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 and build some fire lines. Man, the Lord has delivered me and rescued me from some girlfriends, right? Yeah. 
I mean, how many people have we dated in our life that we look back and said, oh, thank you, Jesus. You rescued me. He rescued us from, he's rescued us from bad relationships. He's rescued us. Maybe he's, he's rescued you from a divorce. Maybe he rescued you from an abusive relationship. And it doesn't matter how big of a mess you're in or how big of a mess we get ourselves in, God can rescue us. The problem is that we run to every form of rescuer besides God most of the time. When things hit, we wanna run to other things and what ends up happening is we create our own idols. You know, I think a lot of times we can judge the Egyptians and go, how stupid. You know, they're, they're worshiping a frog. They're, they're worshiping insects. But what do we create in our life that we worship? It may not be a wooden figure that we put up on our mantle, but it can be something else. A lot of times we are worshiping what we run to in times of crisis. Maybe we're codependent on people, so we run to someone to rescue us. Or maybe you run to something to rescue you. We all struggle with escapism forms of sin. Sins that will make us forget what we're facing in any given moment. And so that sin, if we're not careful, can take hold of our life. And before we know it, it becomes a little G God in our life. It can be a substance, alcohol or drugs. It can be pornography. It can be spending money that we don't have. It can be anything. I mean, you can make anything a little G God in your life, but God can rescue us. He can rescue us the way he did the Egyptians. He can rescue us as he did for all the people we sing about in the song earlier this morning. Because God not only wants to rescue us, but number two, he wants to deliver us. He wants to be our deliverer. God will defeat every God that you have built in your life. And he wants you to run to him. Not all that other stuff. You are not bothering him. You are not bothering. I know that God of the universe is huge and it's just it's so hard for our mind to fathom how great and how big he is. And I think sometimes we think, oh, I just don't wanna bug him. I don't wanna bother him. So I'll just handle this one on my own. Yet he's this heavenly father. Now, have you ever looked at your kids and said, you know, when you struggle with these things, don't come to me. I don't got time for you. I'm busy at work. No, we want our kids to come to us. And even more so, the God of the universe, our creator, wants us to run to him. Idols that we create in our life, they'll enslave us. Eventually, they'll get a hold of us to a point where that sin nature or that person maybe in our life becomes such a draw to us that we start thinking about that more than what we think about God. Idols will enslave you, but God will free you. The one true God will set you free. Now, the Bible says that the children of Israel actually cried out for their deliverer. They'd been in slavery for so long and they wanted to be free so bad and they wanted to be rescued so much that they cried out. They cried out to God and said, when is this, end? When is this gonna end? When is this pain, when is this suffering gonna stop? And then God shows up with a deliverer named Moses and he sets them free. When was the last time we cried out? When was the last time we went through something hard and instead of running to something or someone, we just cried out to God? Because here's the thing. If my kids were ever in trouble and they were saying, hey, Dad, could you help me? Hey, Dad, could you look over here? Hey, Dad, if you don't, if you don't come save me, if you don't come rescue me, I'm gonna hurt myself. Now, as a father, you hope you hear their whisper. You hope you can kind of read their thoughts sometimes. But how different is it when your little girl or your little boy says, help, dad, help, mom. As a parent, your ear is so tuned to their voice. When they holler for you, you know it. And when they yell, when they cry out, you don't say, give me a second. 
Hold on, I'm watching something on TV. I'll get there in a second. No, you run. And that's what your heavenly father wants to do for you. And when Israel finally cried out to the one true God, he showed up. And he didn't show up little. He showed up big with power and might and authority. And that's how he wants to show up for you. So as we close this morning, if you'll stand with me, I want you just to take a second and I want you to ask yourself a question. Is there something that I've been running to when I'm hurting or when I'm going through a trial that's not God? Maybe it's someone, maybe it's something. The first thing I want us to do as a group is just to ask God to forgive us for that. So do that. Just pray to him. Just tell him you're sorry. You're sorry for running to alcohol. You're sorry for running to that person. You're sorry for running to the computer. Just ask for forgiveness. just ask that you would forgive us for trying to escape using every means possible but you. Forgive us for that. And now we speak to our little G gods. We just say, get out of our life in Jesus' name. Just tell, tell that little G God just to get out of your life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, pornography, get out of my life. Jesus' name, spending money that I don't have to buy possessions that I think will give me joy. In Jesus' name, I bind that spirit, cast it out of my life. For any evil spirits that we have worshiped and didn't know it, I ask right now that the most powerful God, the God of the universe, would deliver us from those little G gods. to be the only God in your life. Tell him to remind you the next time you hit a hardship to run to him. Because we're creatures of habit. We'll do what we've been doing. So Lord, I pray that you would just reform our thoughts, reform our mind to where when we hit hardships, we would run to you, God, and to you totally. Now I want you to close your eyes. I want you to picture your God, the powerful God of this universe, the one that created you. I want you to picture him reaching his hand out to you. Now, as you stand in this auditorium, I want you to reach your hand out to him. Just do that physically. Reach your hand out to him. And he's grabbing your hand looking you in the eyes and he says I've never let go I've seen the divorce I've seen the hardship I've seen the betrayal I've seen the addiction I've seen it I've seen the, I've seen the health issues I've seen it I've never let go just hold on to me I got you I pray, Holy Spirit, right now that you would move in this place. You would heal where there needs to be healing. You would make provision where there needs to be made provision. Lord God, that you would defeat right now any little G-God in our lives. You would cast it out of us in Jesus' name. We love you, God. Thank you, put your hands down. Thank you, Jesus, for coming and being our ultimate rescuer. Thank you, Lord God, <laughs> that your power is still demonstrated in our life today. Thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.
Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior and to guide my life, to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text HEAVEN to 94000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer requests by texting PRAYER SUPPORT to 94000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text FELLOWSHIP to 94000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week in person or online.